presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, a sports gambling podcast by betters for betters, connecting you with the brightest, sharpest, and most electric personalities in all the sports gambling industry. So as always, pull up a chair, open up your mind, and get ready to receive knowledge you won't find anywhere else. We can't thank you enough for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. This is Wise Words. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and beautiful gambling people joining us for episode number five of the Wise Words podcast. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt 45 Soroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by and get some of the best insights and analysis on the market from some of the brightest and sharpest minds in the sports gambling industry. Now, my friends, if you are fans of the Wise Word podcast, Wise Words podcast, you know how we do. Electric guest after electric guest, insight, knowledge, everything in between. We have another loaded show on tap for you here today, but there's one thing I need to do before we bring in today's guest. I've said we, I've said us, I've said crew far too many times without bringing in the second half of TTL Sports Media. You know him as the man that sits to my left on the Talking the Line podcast every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, but also the man who sits in the box to my left on this Wise Word podcast. Help me bring him in for today's show, episode number five of Wise Words, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend and TTL resident cheese head himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, as we are recording this, yet another victory Monday for my pack. I mentioned last week, the more and more of these go along, the more the tune starts heating up for my pack. But nonetheless, I'm excited to be here once again, my friend. We've got a chance to talk to someone with a little bit of a different angle than we've had the last few. So uh, I'm pretty damn excited to get this thing rolling. Hey, a little bit of a different angle is right, my friend. Uh, I uh, didn't mention it in the intro, but a little bit of uh, golf angle this time around. I'll mention it in the intro and everything here, but I, too, am more than excited to uh, get a chance to talk to this guy. He is uh, up and coming quick, fast, and in a hurry. He's been around for a while. Uh, as far as kind of the Twitter sphere, he's really gaining a following, and uh, we kind of found him early, and I think before you know it, he is going to blow up. So... Enough of me talking about him. Let me tell you about him. Unless, partner, did you have anything else before we get things started? Oh, no, let's get rolling. All right, my friend. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this man is one of the sharpest and most knowledgeable analysts in the professional golf betting industry. His insights and analysis have been featured on ESPN, ESPNU, NESN, that is New England Sports Network for you Midwesterners out there. Uh, Fantasy Sports Radio, the Big 12 Network, NFL Network, ever heard of it, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius XM, Sports Grid TV, and you know, honestly, more media outlets than I have enough time to list right now. Not to mention, those same insights and analysis were nominated for an Emmy. So you know we're talking with the right guy here today. He is a national betting and golf analyst, 
on-air host and the marketing director at the Believe Podcast Network. He also currently hosts his own show called Believe in Tiger Woods. That's right, a show entirely dedicated to the 15-time PGA Tour champ himself. Oh, let's not forget the Maryland Terrapin, who in 2017 was nominated by the College of Journalism to deliver his class's commencement address. Ladies and gentlemen, please, with my pleasure, help me welcome in professional broadcaster, award-winning personality, and all-around insanely knowledgeable human being, Mr. Cam Rogers. Wow. Welcome in. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. (laughs) You missed one thing, though. Uh Uh-oh. I did Uh announce the winners of Prom King and Queen back in the Oh. All right. I had the mic for that moment. (laughs) Is that top of the list? That's crowning achievement. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I did. Obviously, I didn't go deep enough, Cam. I should have spent just a little bit more time. It's great to be with you, though, guys. You're doing fantastic work, and we need more people like us out there, content creators in the betting space, because that is the future of this industry. There's no doubt. Absolutely, Cam. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And yes, I concur with you 150%. I, I think it is, you know, a lot of people are afraid to put their insights, their analysis out there in the chance that they might be wrong on their pick and they might have to live up to that. But that's something that we've kind of coined at the TTL pod that, hey, we'll toss it up. We'll show you our losses, but we have mines of goldfish right back after it, right? That's it, too. And I think authenticity is so big because I think the audience knows that you're never going to be 100%. Somebody told me that professional handicappers are like 58%. Like, that's their success rate. Professional right. handicappers. So, right. like, what do you expect right. from us? You know what I mean? So <laughs> I think it really does just come down to having a personality on social, engaging with your audience. And really right. what the audience wants is somebody to sweat with. You know what I mean? And so like sure. people like us can kind of provide that. So a- Absolutely. And, and I love that uh, you went there too, because we try and be as real open as possible on our show and definitely try to bring that aspect here too. So enough gabbing, enough going back and forth. Let's get right on into it, my friend. Um, lots to uh, talk with you kind of in the uh, golf space, kind of uh, professional golf, maybe a little bit amateur. I wanted to start in uh, a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say a softball question, but kind of uh, just to get us warmed up, heated up. Now, I know there's a lot going on uh, in the uh, world of professional golf. It's rapidly on the rise. We actually talked with uh, David Behrman a couple episodes back, mm. and he was talking about just the sheer shift over the course of the last year and where golf is going in the future. Now I'm going to stay off of that for a minute. I want to kind of focus on the players. Now we know the big names. We know the DJs. We know the more Kawas. We know all those guys right now, but who are some of the hottest names coming up on tour that we need to know about? And maybe not even on tour, maybe someone in the corn Ferry, someone that you've had your eye on that is about to make big waves in the PGA tour. Yeah, you know, we're seeing such a youth movement on the PGA Tour, and I hate to sound like a broken record because I feel like that's the storyline for the past, like, eight years on tour, especially as Phil and Tiger and Ernie Els and Jim Furyk get ushered out here. But there really is just so much talent. You know, I always draw an example of, like, the early 2000s when it was Tiger, Phil, Ratif Goosen, BJ Singh, Jim Furyk, and that was really it. Now, in a given week, Golf betting is as difficult as ever, I mean, because there are just so many options out there. And so I'll throw some names about 
guys who I expect to have really good years coming up here on this PGA Tour season. Scotty Scheffler is a mm. decorated golfer and has yet to win on the PGA Tour and yet qualified for the Ryder Cup. Of course, he was a captain's pick. But still, like, you're on a Ryder Cup team and you haven't even won on the PGA Tour yet. I think that goes to show how much of a gamer he is. He really right. played well during the majors last year and at the WGC event. So big game hunter. So he's somebody I'm looking at. Joaquin Neiman, he is just uber talented. Fantastic off the tee, great iron game. He can score in bunches. Keep an eye on him. Victor Hovland of Norway, he is a fantastic ball striker. I think he has multiple major championships coming up in his career in terms of victories. So he's obviously somebody to watch. And I guess the real obvious name in terms of being young, young, it's Colin Morikawa. He already has mm. two major championships sure. on his resume. And I feel like he's three years out of being able to legally drink, like, or illegally <laughs> drink. I mean, yeah. he's pretty young. Right, right. Is what I'm saying. And so I think those are some names to sort of watch out there. I could throw a lot at you, but. Those sure. Are... No, that's I'm, perfect. Yeah, I'm sure you could. And uh, that's kind of where I was thinking you would take it. I wasn't for sure. And you see me scribbling down notes here. I'll definitely have, <laughs> I'll definitely have more to bring up there. But uh, for now, partner, let him have it, my friend. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, as all of these names and young guys get into this space, do you find it harder to bet on these tournaments that have the maybe like this past weekend where, you know, the majority of the guys that were in the Ryder Cup weren't in this past weekend? Yeah. Is that make it easier to, uh, you know, handicap some of these tournaments harder or is there not much of a difference there? Well, let's just start with the baseline that betting on golf is uber difficult, right? Mm. I mean, we're talking about a field of 156 players, yeah. guys. It is very right. hard to get yeah. that outright right. pick correct. And sure. I'll be honest with you, I didn't nail an outright pick last year. I got top 10s, top 20s, but I mean, just statistically, it's very difficult. That's why it can be a really nice payout if you get it right. Right. And I would say this fall swing right now, Riley, is a great opportunity for betting on golf. Why is that? Well, a lot of the sports books out there have attention on football. I mean, football mm -hmm. is king. Let's face it. I'm a golf guy, but I love the NFL. I love college football. Those bring in the eyeballs. I mean, just look at last night, Sunday Night Football. That was the most watched, I think, television event since 2012. I think that's what I saw on Twitter. Mm. And so that just goes to show that you can't really beat the shield. And right. so... You can right. take that and use it as an advantage and bet on golf and really dive into the stats and try to figure out things during this fall season, which, albeit, can be highly variable, shall we say, in terms mm. of first-time winners and what have you. It's kind of funny, though. Last week, the odds-on favorite won, Sam Burns. And I would have talked to you out of it till the cows came home <laughs> about betting on Sam Burns just because of the volatility of the game and how, sure. you know, the fall season kind of brings that volatility to the forefront. Uh, so I think now is really a great time for betting on golf because you can get some good value is what I'm saying from the sports yeah. books out there because the attention is less. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. I mean, does uh, some of that lend into maybe from more of a public better's eye, opening up the sports book and seeing Dustin Johnson, John Rahm and Colin Moore and college be like, Oh, these, I know these guys, I have to hammer them in. Is that part of what makes it easier when there's less, uh, you know, I guess public names you would say. Yeah. Kind of to draw a DFS angle as well. It's like a lot of the casual golfers will just pick the guys they know yes. and not really drill down on the up and comers who are starting to play, you know, coming off that corn Ferry tour, they're starting to play now, right. With this new PGA mm -hmm. tour season. And so I think there really is an opportunity. Yeah, if you put in the work, obviously, if you do your research and right. crunch the numbers a little bit and understand who's up and coming and who has a good iron game and 
who's playing well off the tee, who isn't, and kind of staying away just from name brand value. For instance, Patrick Reed is in the field this week, guys. He carries name value, but like he's coming off a pretty bad health scare, and mm. it's been a long layoff. Who knows what's going to happen? Louis Oosthuizen is playing this week. He had a blistering hot summer, but again, a long layoff. You have to think about regression to the mean a little bit here too, right? So, yeah, I think there is a lot of potential for betting on golf right now, clearly. All right. Well, then that is one heck of a segue. I love when our guests just help us segue the show with their <laughs> answer to their questions. I don't even have to really hardly do my job over here. So let's stick with that betting on golf. And it really is becoming faster and faster, bigger and bigger. And me and Riley actually talk about it on the daily show as in, man, we wish we knew more about it to be able to really hammer in some bets and give you guys some value. But the most that we often look at are those outrights. And you talked about it like uh, there's they're few and far between and yeah, they can be great payouts, but there's such a, a limited amount of those that you're going to hit. So sticking with that though, what are some of the most valuable markets that you can target outside of that? I know you mentioned a little of the top 10, top 20. What are some of those that um, maybe betters looking to get into golf would be able to target now? Yeah. So I think matchup plays are interesting. Typically it's even money because it's a 50, 50 proposition and you can really zone in, though, on who's playing well and who isn't, even though they're ranked in the same in terms of the official World Golf rankings. The sports books will still put these guys together, even if one is playing better than the other. So that's an opportunity to sort of jump on, say, if it's Charlie Hoffman, who's playing really well right now, is paired up against Patrick Reed, the public would probably go Reed, right? But right. the value is on Hoffman, who's playing really well and not coming off a layoff, shall we say. And so I really like the matchup betting. I think there is some value with top 30s and top 40s right now. Right now in particular, because you have guys coming off that Corn Ferry Tour and the sports books don't really know about them, but mm -hmm. they're multi-winners and birdie makers, elite iron players. And oh, by the way, the fields during the PGA Tour fall swing are not really deep. They're not elite fields. And so it's opportunity for these younger guys to sort of burst onto the scene. So I think there's some value with top 30s and top 40s. And I'll just note too, from a macro perspective, this is not like going from the NCAA to the NFL. I mean, the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour, not a big stepping stone. I'll be honest with you guys, especially during this fall swing here. There's opportunity where these Corn Ferry Tour guys can win. And so keep that in mind as well. And then I would also look at some props. You know, miscut props are really profitable as well. Sergio hmm. Garcia, I was on him to miss the cut last week because he was coming off the Ryder Cup, an emotional loss. I mean, a beatdown, let's face it. And hmm. the last thing he wanted to do was go to Jackson, Mississippi, no offense, Mississippi, <laughs> and play a PGA Tour event with a really bad field. And the only reason he's playing, let's face it, is because he's the defending champion. You know what I mean? So you can find some value there as well. Um, and, you know, why was that such a, a good number? Well, Sergio Garcia carries name recognition, name value. So he was plus 300 uh, in terms of missing the cut there. So potentially a good payout, depending on what you put down on that. So I think props are fun. You can go by nationality, top Canadian, mm. top South African. I mean, you can get really granular, granular and go like top Swede. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Right. I hey, can really go, have some fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Riley's yeah, please, a Swedish please. guy. He's all about him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, I appreciate that answer. Riley, keep it rolling, my friend. Yeah, I mean, kind of building off that, but I guess 
pulling back a little bit here, what, when you, when you're, whether it's, you know, the start of the week or maybe you do it before that, what's, what's the first thing you look at? Are you already building your opinions before you even look at odds and stuff like that? Or do you look for things to go through and skim through and maybe something jumps out at you? What's, what's the first move that you make when you're, when you're making some bets? Let me just say that the first thing that is the most valuable is actually watching golf. And just seeing it on your TV, how people are playing and understanding what's happening and what are the trends right now in terms of whose game is right, whose game is wrong is uber critical. And then going from there, look, I typically lean on ball strikers when I am betting on guys. And why is that? Well, your iron play and your off the tee game are one of the or two of the stickier stats on the PGA Tour. Kind of like in the NFL, you can pack your defense on the road and that travels, right? On the PGA Tour, your iron game and your driving game travels. And so I like to lean on those statistics because that will give me the best statistical chance to actually get a bet right. When we're talking about putting, it's one of the more volatile stats out there. And you can be hot one week and cold another. And typically, the really good putters are pretty bad iron players and off the tee guys. Not all the way, but certainly questionable. And so usually I go for those statistics uh, with the iron game and the ball striking in general, just because those carry from week to week. Then you take a look at the course, right? And who fits the specific course? I think we can get down the rabbit hole a little bit too much in the golf industry about course fit, because let's face it, I feel like anybody can win anywhere. These guys are professionals. Now, some guys have sort of written off uh, whether they can play well at a particular tournament. Like Kevin Kisner has said publicly, like, yeah, I can't win the Masters. So. Don't ever bet on Kisner <laughs> right. at Augusta. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Bubba Watson does the same thing. Like, he writes himself off before the U.S. Open, and that's why he's missed, like, eight of his last ten cuts at the U.S. Open. So there are some obvious things, but in general, anybody can win anywhere. And so I wouldn't go too crazy about course fit, but it is worth sort of looking into. And, of course, course history matters. TPC Summerlin, for instance, is the golf course this week. So course history at that particular venue is obviously valuable. Kevin Na, two-time winner, for instance. Webb Simpson has played here a lot as well. Charlie Hoffman, a Vegas native. He could certainly bring some value. So those are sort of the steps. And you sort of have to go from there and make your best educated guesses. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned uh, as far as looking at course fits because I I can admit that I have fallen victim into that myself. So, (laughs) Yep. Most depth. So that's kind of, um, I guess you could say the do side of things like, oh, hey, kind of look at those course things, at the course fit, certain things like that. And we've talked with uh, previous guests in the past about not overthinking all of those things. And you kind of hit on that too. Don't get too deep into these things. These things are really valuable. They're really important to start, but they're a starting block. You don't want to get lost in there. So we'll kind of hit the do's. Now, what about the do nots? And how I kind of want to ask this is, I could write a list list that, you know, one of those classic uh, movie theater moments, they roll out the scroll and it flies 50 feet across the room of do nots to do in sports betting. Uh, we'd be here all day, right? Yeah. Now, I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing there's kind of some key things that you maybe do not want to do in golf betting. Am I right in saying that? Or is that uh, kind of something I might cooked up in my head? Yeah, don't listen to me. That's your do not. All right. There you go. You'll make a lot of money doing that, folks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think we have a tendency in the industry, again, to get too granular about certain statistics. And by that, I mean, like, 
for instance, this week at TPC Summerlin, it's going to be a wedgie type of golf course. You're going to have short shots into these greens. And people may really get too deep into a certain bucket where you're looking at good players from 100 to 125 yards out to the green. Like, that's just not a reliable statistic. And so I think there's a lot of volatility with that. And you want to stay away from it. So I think that's one thing to sort of monitor. The other thing is I talked about outright vets. I would be really careful about them because it's just so hard to nail them down that mm. you got to do some each ways or something like that to sort of soften yourself and give you opportunity to nail something there. Because again, unless you're hell bent on this one guy getting it done, you're probably going to be wrong. And so again, if, unless you're like really convinced in something, go for it. I like to throw my outright out there on Twitter and what have you, just to let people know who I'm projecting to win. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm placing a bet on that at all. Uh, so I would try to stay away from that, especially in the early going of golf betting if you're new to the game. And so don't get hooked into the super granular stats because they are not reliable. And be aware about right betting. I know it's tempting because it can be a nice hefty payout, but it's hard to be right. Awesome. I'm uh, I'm glad that's where you took it because similar to really, I think any type of sports betting, it's so easy to get super, super granular in that. I mean, you can look in the injuries and get lost in the injury report, get lost yeah. in the weather and this right, left, right and center. And then next thing you know, you're like, wait, what side did I want to take on this? Now I'm so confused on different stats that I like this side, I like that side, and, and then you end up not wanting to make a bet on it. Analysis side. paralysis. As hey, there, there you go. go. I love <laughs> yeah. that, my friend. I love that. What do you got, partner, Bummy? And so I guess building off of that a little bit, one of the golden rules, cardinals, cardinal rules that we encounter in uh, you know football betting, basketball betting, I, you know, I guess any team sport betting, and admittedly I don't follow this rule, but the rule is don't bet on your favorite teams. Does that translate into golf? I mean, I, I, you can have wholeheartedly admit that you don't follow the rule because, like I said, I bet on my Packers yesterday and I won. So, as long as they win, I'm probably going to keep doing it. But is that something you follow, or is that just something you know? It, maybe it's this is a, it's an entertainment business, so you still got to do it every once in a while. Should I ask you real quick? Here is the logic behind that because. If you bet against your team, somehow you win because your team wins or you make money. Is that the logic? Well, so I don't bet against my team. I think it's more so just you're too biased in it because, I mean, everyone else was telling me that I was making the wrong play. But I said, hey, you know what? I don't care. I'm taking them anyways. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, Tiger Woods is on the sidelines right now. And who knows when we will see him again. And so if you want to talk about fandom, that's the one guy who I love to watch and I would For bet sure. on even if I – you know, was watching him and rooting for him at the Masters or anything like that. So I guess I kind of go with you there, Riley, in that regard. In terms of the <laughs> golfers right now, I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan of one specific golfer or two. Yeah. I just love what they all bring to the table right now, mm -hmm. particularly Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and Max Homa and Phil yeah. Mickelson. These guys aren't just golfers. They're content creators now. And I think the whole Brooks versus Bryson thing was a beautiful thing for the game. Again, especially with Tiger on the sidelines, he is the needle mover in the game, let's face it. And so, you know, when you have this rivalry, which appears to be all patched up, it brings in new eyeballs and interest yeah. to the game. So 
Yeah, I would totally just bet on whoever I follow the numbers. I follow my gut. Most definitely. Follow my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's clearly why, or at least part of why, along with a few other things, that golfing is, you know, still able to hold some steam despite Tiger. So I'm going, perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of uh, segue in some more there, Cam. Um, you talked about just what all the different golfers and the guys in the game right now bring to the game. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's absolutely electric to watch a, a PGA event, whatever it is right now. I mean, wh when did we see a, a few months back, we saw the eight hole playoff. And I mean, mm. this, the skill level that these guys bring right now, and, and they're all different levels. It's absolutely insane. So we've obviously seen that big change. We've seen that movement. We've kind of seen the betting really start to kind of take a firm hold now with the PGA tour, um, stuff like that. As far as what the future holds now, and you can kind of take this whatever way you want, as far as maybe the content, as far as maybe sports betting itself, maybe interlaced with the um, regular broadcast we already have out there now, what does the future hold for the PGA and sports betting surrounding it? You know, if there wasn't this proliferation of sports betting, I'd be concerned about the future of golf because of mm. Tiger Woods being on the sidelines, like I mentioned. And I'll be honest with you guys. I'm looking at 2023 at best for him mm. to come back to the PGA mm. Tour. He's going to come back. Sure. Will he be good again? I don't know. But we're talking about one of the elite athletes of this game, of this sport. There's no way he wants to go out like that. No doubt. So no doubt. I really am encouraged about where we are headed with the PGA Tour and this partnership with sports betting. They actually just released a statement today saying there's an extended partnership with PointsBet, which is huge. And so you're going to see more odds on the telecast more coverage on Peacock. There's this bet cast that they're going to start rolling out with obviously a betting focus for the PGA Tour. And let me say this too. I think that golf and golf betting really married up in June of 2020 when everything was shut down. No sports, right? But what was the first sport to come back? The first big sport, the PGA Tour. And so the sample size was small, right? In terms of what you could bet on. I know you guys, I'm sure we're betting on it because it's like, all right, no NBA, you know, NHL. <laughs> yep. John Rahm, here you go. You win the Guilty. memorial. Right, and I was actually going to kind of segue with that. I, yeah. I was going to say, did the pandemic kind of help that? Because I felt like I was smashing in more golf bets than I ever had before, and that's kind of what got me re-energized and re-intrigued in watching PGA again. Yeah, I hate to use the phrase like blessing in disguise because in the granular or excuse me, the macro perspective, horrible time. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, in the sense of golf in a vacuum, huge huge and you know you're seeing the proliferation of a lot of more podcasts out there covering golf cbs sports has done a great job the first cut with rick gaiman and company they're doing a fantastic job with betting content and so you know you're just seeing a rise in interest and i think when you have these characters like brooks and bryson creating content out there accidentally or on purpose again it brings in more interest and so I am so on board with the future of the game. I'm really excited in terms of where we're headed. I hope we have more opportunity for content out there. PGA Tour, if you're listening, give me a ring. Happy to do it. So um, I think that uh, we're in a really great direction. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. What do you got, partner? I mean, continuing to build on that, we saw this past weekend. Do you think there's going to be more types of not, you know, non PGA Tour tournament events? Like we had the Long Drive Championship this past weekend, mm -hmm. and I'm blanking on what his name was, but he basically called out Golf Channel in an interview with Golf, Cha Golf Channel that they dropped the Long Drive Championship. Is something like that, you know, next in the cards that we might be able to 
a have it televised on actual tv and then you know b have wagers on that yeah absolutely keep an eye out on that i would also mention i am a big fan of the match that phil mickelson does with celebrities and golfers yeah. out there i mean it started with tiger versus phil in las vegas in 2018 thanksgiving weekend and you know we've had peyton manning and tom brady and down the line from there chucky barkley and steph curry etc so i think it's been fantastic to sort of follow there i will note there's some buzz out there that maybe brighton and brooks are coming together for another iteration of the match thanksgiving weekend stay tuned it's a must for that. right it's a must right it has to happen it has because to. It, it has to it's clear that they <laughs> yeah. are like all good now you know what i mean yeah. at the right, At least the right, right the whole yeah. hug the whole dap up we're all good love you too Bryson walks away, wonderful. Yeah. Love you, bro. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I think those are really fun too, Riley and Colton, because there's a casualness to watching those matches. The guys are mic'd up. You have celebrities in the broadcast booth. Like It's not a standard PGA Tour event that, let's face it, sometimes can get pretty vanilla. Like sure. in the later months of the summer, you're watching the John Deere Classic, and it's hard to get up for that sometimes. You know what I mean? So when you have these fun events like the match being thrown in, and obviously odds are factored in as well, and you can bet on these things, I think it's really fun and fantastic. Hey, what's wrong with the John Deere Classic and us Midwestern guys? What's going <laughs> on? Oh, I Bad example. <laughs> Bad example. I'm <laughs> uh, just messing with you. Just messing with you. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, outside of that, um, I know we've kind of hit on it just a little bit. Um, kind of some of the, we hit the do nots and, you know, kind of stay away from those outrights. Don't get super granular. We've hit more of the things on the betting side of everything. Now, Call me a brand new better. I just signed up for FanDuel Sportsbook. I stumbled into the app today, and I said, oh, my gosh, they have golf on here. What is the number one piece of advice you would give that better, either avoid or to go after, maybe target, take a look at, but also that, as we like to call it at TTL, the daily degenerate could utilize mm -hmm. in their betting strategy? Narrow down your list. Figure out a player pool. Narrow it down to maybe 30 guys, because quite honestly, guys, a lot of times you can write off maybe 75 players uh, in terms of certainly outright betting, but also top 10 and even top 20 finishes. So you really want to put the odds on your side, obviously, right? And so for you to do that, you've got to get down to maybe 30, 35 players and not keep it a wide open 156-man field. All options are there. Now, you can, you know, throw some cash down on a top 40 for a long shot, fine. But I think the number one thing you have to do is consolidate. Figure out that player pool and go from there, especially at the major championships, obviously, Colton, when you have a lot of public money coming in because – Usually the majors, actually, always, except for COVID times, the majors happen in non-football times. And so there's a lot of attention on these events. Right. And so I think that's really critical as well. So get down a list and not just keep it wide open. Sure enough. Go ahead, Taking notes. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> Me too. I'm over uh, here scribbling. I, I, I'm, I'm not on the hook, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I'm running out of golf questions. If you, I was very excited to get, dive into this because yeah. we're both massive golf fans, but... I don't know if we just we kind of just haven't dedicated the time to really dive deep into golf. So yeah, and I mean, uh, it, no, go ahead, Riley. If you're going, no, no, that's quick. about it. That's all I had. Yeah, I mean, and it, honestly, same here. Anything that I could have probably wanted to know about golf and kind of how I had already had some assumptions 
right there in the bottom corner, you see it. Wise words, my friend. <laughs> that is all you just dished out. A um, couple actually other questions that I did have. Um, we covered like all the broadcasting, kind of that bedcast stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that was something I really wanted to hit on. But we obviously have uh, the uh, Shriners Invitational coming up this weekend. You mentioned that TPC Summerlin. Um, any early bets you're looking at? Any value? You mentioned a little bit of Summerlin being kind of a wedgy course. Uh, there's a little right. bit of insights analysis. Is there anything else you can kind of dish out to our listeners out there before uh, we get first tee-offs tomorrow? Yeah, so we have some early leans. So the tour typically starts on Thursday. So this event's going to start on Thursday. So you still have a little bit more time. Well, I, I said yeah, I said uh, tomorrow, as in we'll drop this on Wednesday, so it'll technically be oh, tomorrow. Oh, gotcha, time, gotcha. time of recording, but hey, it's all good. We're here. Well, hey, it's all good. We're here. professional right there. Hey, that's it's why I kind of did kind of an up glance. And, eh, but yeah, time of recording, it is Monday, but uh, tomorrow okay. when you guys are watching this on Thursday. <laughs> okay, so ignore exactly what I just said there. <laughs> on that front, though, I would take a good look at Kevin Na. I mean, yeah. he closed out the PGA Tour season last year, guys. Fabulously, three top tens in his last four events. He did miss the cut a couple of weeks ago. I'm not too worried about that. Again, this is critical, okay? Las Vegas native. Why is that important? Let's face it. A lot of these guys are coming on over to celebrate on the strip, maybe mm. throw back some cocktails mm. and motivations up there. When you live in Las Vegas, the strip sort of loses its value. And so <laughs> I think that's sort of why Kevin uh, partially does well here is that the allure really isn't there for him in Vegas. Two-time winner at TPC Summerlin, elite wedge player, can get hot with that putter. I don't think the driver is all that necessary this week. So certainly give Kevin Na a look. Somebody who's really impressing me is Aaron Wise. He played well last week, and he's humming along nicely in general, three straight top 30s on the PGA Tour. So I would certainly give a hard look at Aaron Wise, who is starting to really find his game. I also don't think Sun J.M. is too far from winning on mm. the PGA Tour here in this early going of the season. I think he is starting to find his game again. A little concerning about the iron play last week, but in general, the iron play has been good. He's gained on, on approach in eight of his last ten events. So Sun J.M. is a guy I'm looking at this week as well as a pretty solid play. So, you know, I know I just said that course fit sometimes can be a dangerous avenue to go down but i will say that typically it's the wedge guys the shorter hitters who play well here because that driver is typically negated you're playing at altitude distance really doesn't matter all that much everybody in essence is going to be in that same bucket of a short shot into the greens so it really becomes a putt off from there right and that's mm -hmm. why you have guys like kevin na and ryan moore and webb simpson winning here and so kind of keep that in mind as you're doing research Okay, I got you. I got you. Well, hey, once again, I won't hold you to it, but I did take a few notes. I'll have to uh, definitely <laughs> add all that uh, into my analysis. But um, you did mention Sung J M, and then uh, him and Siwoo Kim. Now you're kind of on the inside, so you might know a little bit more than the average bear. That whole thing with them back at the Olympics. Now I'm going back to Tokyo, and them not meddling. Is this one of the last years we might see them for a while with them starting that military service, or is that still for a little while yet, or is that kind of uh, who knows? That's a good question. I think there's a certain age where they have to go ahead and do that service. I think they still have some time to be exempt from that. I'm I, not entirely I want to sure. say they have one more Olympic shot in 2024. So do I. I okay. Okay. So do I. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously it becomes sort of a yeah. situation where they might have to go to the homeland and serve. So 
Uh, it's a good point though. And yeah, yeah was, time's ticking a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was just interesting. You mentioned his name. I hadn't uh, heard anything about yeah. that since, <laughs> since the Olympics really happened. It was like, well, they didn't ship them back off and they're not in military uniform. So I think they're good to go. I don't know. So I'm glad. Uh, Sanjay is actually really young, believe it or not. It wasn't too long ago. He was rookie of the year. So he's a young right. guy. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. Riley, anything else come to your mind? I'm running out of stuff, my man. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> I uh, one uh, one kind of final thing you did mention. Uh, you're a big fan of the NFL, big fan of football, everything like that. Now, are you a Ravens fan? Am I right? I am. That? Okay, I am a Ravens fan. All right. So here's I always... the thing. I'm from New England, though. I yeah, born and raised. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. No problem. We won't <laughs> judge you here. We know how they get up there, but we won't judge you here. That's all right. I got a Chicago flag behind me, and I live in Chicago, and I'm a diehard Packers fan, so I can sympathize with you. Okay, there you go. All right. <laughs> or contrarian, that's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so that all being said, I've uh, I've kind of had fun and enjoyed asking our guests, especially NFL. You mentioned it yourself. It's it's the king. Nobody's going to beat the shield. With Baltimore being your favorite team, uh, now we are three and one. For mm -hmm. yeah, three and one now um how we feeling we uh we kind of back on board everything moving and grooving are we a little worried we might drop a few more tight ones still are we ready to rock and roll what is the feeling in baltimore from a resident new englander and baltimore <laughs> ravens fan <laughs> yeah you know think about it i bypassed six super bowls for my two with baltimore <laughs> you know what it's been a fun journey it's been a fun journey we're still rolling baby it could be worse Listen, <laughs> sure. You want to talk about adversity for Baltimore? The amount of injuries that we've had to deal with. Like, that's so annoying as a fan. Yeah. Can we, like, pretend that real life is mad and you can turn off the injuries? Like, yeah. it's just so annoying because it's like, <laughs> yeah. you can't really do anything about that. And so I have my concerns about the offensive line, especially in run blocking. We're not hammering guys off the ball like we used to. And I think Lamar Jackson can still help and create his own yardage, obviously. But we don't have J.K. Dobbins. We don't have that electricity at the running back position. We have a bunch of guys who could be in running back senior citizen territory with yeah. Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'm concerned about that. But I love what I'm seeing, especially with yesterday, from Lamar Jackson in terms of throwing the football. I mean, mm -hmm. he looked really good yesterday throwing to Hollywood Brown and James Prochet. These guys are getting into the fold a little bit more now. It's not just the Mark Andrews show. You know what I mean? So right. we need guys to win on the outside because here's the deal. Everybody's going to stack the box, jam on the interior, and they're going to dare us to throw to the outside. And if we can't win there, we're going to be struggling a little bit. And mm. so we'll see what happens. I'm feeling good, though. To answer your question, I'm feeling good. Look, Lamar Jackson is my guy. I love him. Sure. I'm so grateful for him. He wins. Sure. And, you know, I feel for you Chicago fans out there. It's just <laughs> like, <laughs> why is Navy <laughs> saying that Dalton's still going to start? It's like, he wants I talked to get fired. About it. I talked I about it on today's show. I, I, I don't even understand. And if we go down that rabbit hole, Cam, I'm going to have to keep you here for another two and a half hours. <laughs> I know. Oh, I was worried that maybe you Riley do, would need 12 don't hours. Don't you don't do not want to get me started on that. But <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And uh, actually, my favorite quote of the weekend, Latavius Murray um, said, you know, if this was like 
five, six years ago, we might be having some cap concerns in our running back room. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it killed me. I was like, oh, man, that just sucks. The, the average shelf life of a running back in the league anymore is just mm-hmm. non-existent. So Remember when Le'Veon Bell just cashed out with the Jets? And then <laughs> what and happened? Then just disappeared. And then, oh, yeah. now he's a Chief. And then he disappeared. And, oh, now he's a Raven. I mean, ever since, ever since he left Pittsburgh, it's been all over the map. But I don't know what we'll see from uh, your boys. Uh, fingers crossed. I love uh, when they're playing good. They definitely help us cash tickets. But yep. uh, mm. when they're playing like they're playing, it's like, hey, hey we, we're costing us a little too much money here. You got to relax on all that nonsense. But that all being said, um, pretty much covers it for me. I had one final bit before we get you out of here. Uh, give everybody sure. all of uh, all your stuff. Now, I, uh, too, big college football fan. You mentioned that as well. You're a Maryland Terrapin. I got to ask. We backed them big. We backed them huge. We loved them last weekend, getting the three and a half at home against the Hawkeyes. Dirty Big Ten battle. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it done. Now I won't. I won't share with our fans what side you were on. I, I won't. I won't put you on the spot there. But <laughs> what's going on with your Terps, my man? Is uh, Talia all right? I mean, he looked like he was seeing ghosts out there Friday night. And then the defense is the defense dead? Or I thought they were back. Now they're not there. What's going on in Maryland? Look, our first three opponents were not elite, shall we say. And, sure. you know, our toughest opponent was Illinois, and we squeaked by them. So I saw the writing on the wall. And when I'm seeing minus three Iowa for a top five program that runs the football and is so physical against one of the smaller teams in the Big Ten, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to get steamrolled. (laughs) And so it was Friday night, blackout, everybody ramped up, the bright lights, maybe we're too bright for Talia. I don't know. I think he's going to be fine. I will say he's got to make better decisions than the ones that he made on Friday night. But here's the deal, guys. I mean, Loxley needs more time to bring in more talent. And there's so much talent, rich talent here in the DMV area. It's just going to take some time again to get up to the size of Ohio State and Iowa. You can sling it around all you want, but if you can't win on the line of scrimmage, like it doesn't take an NFL analyst to figure that out. You're not going to win a lot. And so Wrong we just conference. got moved off the ball in that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like definitely. I was not surprised to see the results of Friday night. I'll be frank with you. And mm-hmm. I have developed patience with the Maryland football program. The basketball program, not so much. I'm a little less patient with them. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. We love back in them. We're big uh, college basketball guys, too. So maybe we'll have to have you back on during the uh, during the college season. Talk some Terps b-ball, too. Yeah, most definitely. All right. That officially does it. Everything on my list. I want to check off mags. Anything come to the mind? Anything uh, pop into the dome piece as we were closing there? Well, no, just to finish on the Big Ten, I mean, you basically said it every time they have a big primetime matchup to, you know, supplant themselves that they're a Big Ten team now. It's kind of just, not just a loss, I mean, it's a it's a shellacking. I, I'm a Big Ten guy myself, so I'm, I'm hoping to welcome them in as soon as we can here. Yeah, I'm somebody who collapses under the bright lights to intramural flag football back <laughs> in Maryland. I'll tell you guys, I was way better at the 1 o'clock games than the 8 p.m. primetime games. Speaking of Andy Dalton, you know, I wasn't good on the <laughs> oh, I was quarterback. I was quarterback. So. <laughs> hey, guys, this has been it. so much it. fun, though. I, I really love it. appreciate Absolutely. you having me on. Absolutely, my friend. Um, we will uh, we'll get you out of here in just a second. We'll get all of uh, your good socials and everything out there so everybody can get uh, all your content, all your insights, analysis. But yeah, I uh, just want to say that it's been an absolute blast, Cam. It's uh, always great. 
we always see you guys kind of up in the bright lights and uh, kind of buttoned up and, and then always gets a chance to kind of hang out, talk with us, have some laughs, have a good time and uh, yeah. a little chance to decompress. So I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I uh, know I can can speak for my partner, too, but uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your time. Most definitely. Hey, guys, appreciate it. Really doing fantastic work out there. And I feel like we'll be doing many of these down the line. You guys on my stuff, me on your stuff. So let's keep building this community that's so critical. And, you know, people out there, again, really just want people to hang out with and sweat with. It's not about being right, because honestly, we're going to be wrong a lot. So mm -hmm. that's the uh, way it goes in betting. But it's a beautiful industry and it's really exciting to see where we're headed. Absolutely. Well, we would love to have you back on, Cam. We would uh, welcome the opportunity to be an asset to you and uh, pop on into your shows or anything we can do for you. We are always available, but for the time being, we'll let you get on out of here. But before we do, uh, why don't you share with our audience, anybody who might have popped in here today, uh, where can we find you on social and then uh, maybe some of your content that you have out there now? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at MrRogers99, no relation to the man in the sweater vest for the record, and at MrRogers98 on the gram. Check us out at Believe Podcast, too. We have some really good shows there. We have a Bengal show hosted by Pac-Man Jones and Solomon Wilcots, the Giants with Carl Banks and Bob Papa down the line from there. So non-betting content, but really great insights out there. And stay tuned on my Twitter. I'm rebranding my content a little bit in terms of my podcast which is going to go more into the general sports betting space. Certainly a golf focus with a lot of my shows, but I'll be bringing on some athletes and insiders like yourselves to the show. And it's going to be fun and have some good conversations. So stay tuned to my Twitter about uh, rebranding a little bit. Awesome. Well, we will be definitely locked in and we can't wait to uh, hear from you and definitely continue to grow our relationship. And uh, again, can't thank you enough, Cam, for your time, for your insights, your knowledge, everything in between. You are the man, my friend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Take care. All right. Well, before we send you out here, everybody, have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. And hey, partner, as always, let's send them off. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>